Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you, to those gathered here today, to those worshiping with us online as we have opportunity to spend time together now in God's Word. As Pastor John mentioned, we are wrapping up today this series in the book of Ruth. We've seen it to be a story of unexpected grace. It is a drama of redemption. And today we see that playing out again. But before we get to chapter 4, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to be together today at the promise of your presence here with us. As you deliver us, as you redeem us, Father, through the gift of your Son, uh, our Savior Jesus, through the gift of your Spirit, we ask of you once again to open our hearts and minds to the truth of your word. Uh, May we be a people who see you, who know you, who trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we've seen in the book of Ruth that it reads much like a four-act play. Four chapters. Which means you can think of chapter four as the final act. If you look at your Bibles... At least in mine, the start of chapter 4 has the chapter heading, Boaz Redeems Ruth. Now, if you're willing to write in your Bibles, I would just write off to the margin of that, Boaz Redeems Ruth and Naomi. Because they're both being redeemed in this story. Now, we heard in our reading there was someone else, someone else, a part of the family, who more than Boaz, uh, it was his place, this unnamed person, to redeem Naomi and Ruth. And Boaz calls him forward. He explains the, the situation to him. And at first, when he hears about Naomi returning home, uh, this unnamed man seems to be willing to take the responsibility as the redeemer. But when he learns more about the story... Specifically, when he hears about, it's not just Naomi, but Naomi and Ruth, he basically says, um, I can't do this. But what we come to find in Boaz, which at this point in the story should not be surprising to us as we've learned more about his character, he is willing to step forward and to be for Naomi and Ruth, their kinsman, Redeemer. And that is very much at the heart of the entire book of Ruth. This idea of redeeming, which Bethany shared about in our children's message today. Of course, it's something that that we understand when we're able to look beyond Ruth to the New Testament, to the coming of the Messiah who comes to redeem us. And so we understand the importance of what it means to, to not just be redeemed, but to have a redeemer. What we've seen in Boaz throughout this story, especially as he's introduced to us in chapter 2, Boaz is showing the same unconditional, sacrificial, loving kindness. Now, anybody remember the name for this? The Hebrew? The Hesed? The very Hesed that God shows to us is what we see on display in Boaz. And not just towards Ruth, but Ruth and Naomi. Which brings us then to the conclusion 
And this wasn't part of our reading, but if you have your Bibles open, I want us to look here. Ruth chapter 4, beginning with verse 13, the chapter heading, Ruth and Boaz marry. Verse 13, so Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Verse 14, then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, Yahweh, who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life, a nourisher of your old age, for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Now let's pause there. This daughter-in-law, Naomi, that you have, Ruth, she is more to you than seven sons. Now for our parents out there, can you imagine, for those who have kids, can you imagine having seven sons? Just think about that for a moment. Uh, The phrase, the saying, again, we see throughout Scripture, seven is a number of completeness. And so the saying to have seven sons was this idea of having this this perfect family. Now, I know for all of our daughters out there, you're like, what? Come on. What about us? Well, again, this is what I love about God. God is a God who welcomes us to be not just sons, but sons and daughters. And what the women are trying to help Naomi see is that her daughter-in-law, Ruth, is very special. She is a blessing from the Lord. And so they, they marry, and it's that part of the story here again where it seems to be such a happy ending, especially when we consider where everything began in the story of Ruth. And God gifts Ruth and Boaz, Boaz who's willing to go above and beyond just being kinsman redeemer, but now he's willing to take Ruth as his wife. And God gifts Ruth and Boaz with a son. And if you would look with me at verse 16. It says, Then Naomi, grandma, took the child, laid him on her lap, and became his nurse. To care for him along with Ruth. To, again, have, if you think about so many of her hopes and dreams lost in, in the loss that she experienced of not just her husband, but both of her sons. And to now have this scene again, where, where she is holding this child, a grandson, which allows for her a future. Because even when Boaz is no longer there to care for her, her grandson will take that responsibility. He will become the redeemer and sustainer for her, for Ruth, for their family. Now, if this were just a story, if this were just a four-act play, this is where we would expect the curtain to close and for all the actors to come out and to take their bow. But you'll notice that's not where the story ends. Because this isn't just a play. It's not just a story. As I shared with you, if it were four acts, then we could say, well, this is the final act, or maybe not. 
Maybe there's more to the story. In fact, look at verse 17. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. And he was the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. If your Bibles are open, you'll notice there's five more verses. And it's under the chapter heading, The Genealogy of David. Now, if you're like me, I'll admit it. Uh, When I come to genealogies in the different books of the Bible, uh, many of them in the Old Testament, some in the New Testament as well, don't we typically think, uh, we'll start maybe reading them, but then it's like, oh, these names, they're so difficult. And who are all of these people? And ah, let's just skip on to the better part of the story. And so we'll read past these genealogies, and yet they're there for a reason. This genealogy in Ruth is here for a reason. And so let's look at this genealogy for a moment. Now these are the generations of Piraz. Piraz fathered Hezron. Hezron fathered Ram. Ram fathered Amindab. Amminadab fathered Nashon. Nashon fathered Salmon. Salmon fathered Boaz. Boaz fathered Obed. Obed fathered Jesse. And Jesse fathered David. Do you think there's something to this genealogy? Did you know? Now, she's not named here in Ruth, but she is named in other places. She's named among the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. She's named in Matthew's genealogy for Jesus. Rahab is married to Salmon. Meaning Salmon and Rahab are the parents of Boaz. Remember Rahab? Rahab the prostitute? Rahab in the story of Joshua as the people are going into the promised land. Rahab who rescues the spies, who keeps them safe. Rahab whom God redeems and restores, who calls away from a life of sinfulness, making him a part of his family. I love how God connects these things together. All of a sudden, it just happens that Rahab is the mother of Boaz. Boaz, who becomes, again, the father of Obed. Obed, who fathers Jesse, and Jesse, who becomes the father of David. And we know Jesus is born from the lineage of King David. And where... Is Jesus born? In this tiny little town of Bethlehem, where the story of Ruth and Boaz takes place. Now, guess what we're getting ready to sing soon? As we come into the season of Advent, preparing us for Christmas, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark street shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears. I want you to think about that for a moment. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. We come to this part of the story. 
And it appears to be a happy ending. And yet, it is a happy ending for Naomi and Ruth and Boaz. And yet, we would be wrong if we were to think that Naomi would never shed a tear again. It is a happy ending, but we would be wrong if we were to think that, that Naomi and Ruth would, would stop grieving for their loss, the loss of their loved ones. We are wrong if we were to think that Naomi and Ruth and Boaz will never have any problems ever again. We're wrong to think if they'll never again be afraid. We're wrong to think if they'll never again question or doubt God. And the same is true for you and me. Now, it is a happy ending in all of this. But at the same time, it's a sad story. But what we come to know, not just in the story, the book of Ruth, but throughout all of Scripture, is that sad stories are able to yield new beginnings. That's what God is able to do. To meet us in the brokenness, to meet us in the mess, to join with us, to come with us, to lead us out, to restore and to redeem and to give us new beginnings. You see, what God loves to do is to change our perspective of how we think about him and as a result, how we think about our life and our own situations. Consider for a moment this quote from Finding God in the Margins, where the author writes, now, from Naomi's perspective, and so just think about Naomi now, at the end of the story, holding her grandson. From Naomi's perspective, she is simply raising a little boy. But in reality, she is raising the grandfather of Israel's future king. The wisdom that Obed gains from Naomi will take deep root, and he will pass on lessons of Yahweh's hesed to his son Jesse, who will pass this wisdom on to his son David, and King David will pass that truth on to us when he writes of Yahweh, surely your goodness and hesed will follow me all the days of my life. Psalm 23, verse 6. I want to talk about another psalm here this morning. We heard it sung, Psalm 56. As it was being sung, I wanted to uh, pay attention to Pastor John and Beth. Because it's that proud moment as parents. See, Emily, who was singing that song, many of you know Emily is the daughter of Pastor John and Beth. Some of you who are new to Messiah, maybe you don't know that. What none of you might know is that Emily actually wrote that song. How cool is that? Now, that song, Your Promise, is based on Psalm 56. Anybody want to guess Psalm 56 is a song, a psalm of David? David. And the words of Psalm 56 are true to his life. But I also believe that those words, the words of Psalm 56, the, the words also that, that Emily wrote for your promise is true also of Naomi 
and Ruth and Boaz as they're also true for you and me. Listen again to the words that either you, you were listening as they were being sung or maybe you were singing yourself. All day long, I'm surrounded. All day long, I am overwhelmed with the sound of the walls closing in. Don't you think at the start of Ruth that was true for Naomi and Ruth? After experiencing the loss for Naomi of her husband and her two sons, for Ruth, the loss of leaving her family, the loss of her husband, the loss of their future, feeling overwhelmed, and yet all day long, you, O Lord, have listened All day long, you have turned your ear to the sound of my hands trembling. So while you're listening, I will praise you. I will praise you for your promise to deliver me. To deliver me from my enemies. Now for David, it was the enemies of of nations and people again surrounding him. But those enemies, they come in different shapes and, and sizes. For Ruth and Naomi, it was the enemy of death. It was loneliness. It was the fear of how are we going to provide for ourselves? How are we going to put food on the table? All of us have enemies that we are faced with. All of us have things working against us in the brokenness of the sin-filled world. Will we praise the Lord? For his promise to deliver us. Will we trust in him? I will trust you. For my God, you're on my side. And what other hope have I than what you have promised? And then I love this verse 2. All day long you defend me. All day long you have caught my tears. So I'll sing till my heart can believe that my God is for me. I can't help but wonder, as David writes these words, is at least part of him thinking back to what he knows to be a part of his story as he traces back to his descendants, to Ruth and Boaz and Naomi. Because they had the tears. They had their own tears that they shed. There's even a point in the story where Naomi is wondering, God, do you still care? Are you still with me? All these things that are working against me. But what she comes to see through the hesed of Boaz, who is reflecting the very hesed of God, she sees that God has not cast her aside, that God is still with her and for her. I will praise you for your promise to deliver me. I will trust you. For my God, you're on my side. And what other hope have I than what you have promised? On Thanksgiving Eve... I talked about, again, the importance to not just remember to give thanks, but to give thanks to God in order to remember. And I'd shared uh, that if you want to see this lived out, read the Psalms. Read the Psalms of David. Because I love how he is so honest in the words that he, he pens. I love how he is honest about his fear and his doubts and the uncertainties and all the things working against him, and yet he does not take his eyes off of God, who does not take his eyes off of David, who doesn't take his eyes off of you and me. And I shared that in giving thanks for all that God has done, 
thanking him for what he's done in the past, past generations, or in the past of our lives. It allows us then to remember his faithfulness and to trust, God, if you've been faithful in the past, then of course, why would I not trust you're going to be faithful in the present? And I also share that giving thanks allows us to remember that what we have in Christ Jesus is far greater than what we don't have in this life. And so, as we bring this to a close, as we think about the story of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz, as we think about our own lives and our own stories, despite how hopeless life appeared when Ruth and Naomi were at their lowest, the Lord, Yahweh, never abandoned his daughters or his sons. Think again of these words, O little town of Bethlehem, the hopes and the fears, right, of all the years are met in thee tonight. O come to us, abide with us. Our Lord, what comes next? Emmanuel, God with us. Dear friends in Christ, what we see, not just in the story of Ruth, Throughout all of God's story, Old and New Testament, all of it coming to be fulfilled in Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. The entire Bible is a story of redeeming. And it's not just a story of redemption for others. It's a story of redemption for you and me. And so as we heard sung again from Psalm 56, your promise, I will thank you. Before I see the end of this story, I will thank you you. For you have saved me, you have redeemed me from death. Lord, my feet are secure as I walk in the light of your presence. Dear friends in Christ, may this be true of us as we trust in God, that as he listens, may we trust in his promise to be with us. May we trust that he has redeemed us and that he promises to be with us to the very end. To him alone be praise, glory, and honor and all of God's people said, amen.